What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Looking Up. My name is Max McCoy. Today, we talk about dropping into a flow state. We talk about finding consistency with whatever habits you're trying to build. And we talk about mindfulness with Ryan Stock. Ryan is the founder of Mindsport, a meditation app specifically for athletes. I do a lot of work with Mindsport. I love these guys. I love Ryan. Ryan and I have a similar interest in trying to bring mental health and mental performance conversations to the world of sports, which is a space that we both come from and a space that we think needs it most right now. So really great conversation um, for athletes and people in general who just are trying to perform at their best in any arena. I want to thank everybody who supports the podcast. No matter how you support the podcast, I appreciate it. Whether you leave a review on Apple iTunes, whether you share a screenshot on Instagram, that helps this thing grow more than you know, so I appreciate you. And if you're just listening to this, I appreciate you. Thank you for lending your ear in a space that's very crowded. I'm going to stop talking. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Another really good one with Ryan Stock. Uh, all about mental performance, mental health, and using that to perform at your best in whatever arena that is for you. Hope you enjoy. My man, welcome back to the podcast. You are the uh, you're the only returner that has came back this many times. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me as always. I love yeah, it. man, let's get it. I'm stoked about what we're doing, by the way. For people that don't know, uh, Ryan's the founder of MindSport, the meditation app for athletes. Me and Ryan hit it off, and we're super passionate about <clears throat> what mindfulness and meditation can do for not only uh, people, but athletes in particular. And dude, you were telling me this really cool story right before we started and I was like, save it. So <laughs> right. tell me like, what, where'd you go? Who was this person you were working with? And, and give me the whole story, man. Yeah. So um, it was funny because we were joking about this, but I actually shot you a text. I was like, man, we've got to hop on a podcast here soon. I've had some crazy stuff happen this month, but um yeah, there's a, a sports psychologist here in Kansas City that that's worked with everything from Olympic athletes, you know, gymnasts back in in the '90s um, to pro athletes here in and around Kansas City now. So worked with some really high level athletes, and he had found out about the app. Um, and I'd been looking for someone in the field of neurology too. Again, as you and I kind of talked about off air, where we're starting to get a lot of feedback with our users that are wanting to see some tangible either scientific or analytical type data where they can, like an athlete wants to do, measure the impact it's having on them in one way or another. Um, so, you know, see progress like we want in any aspect of our lives. Um, so it was kind of organic the way him and I connected, but, um, but he told me to, to pop by the office. And um, so the, I, I think the meeting time was 1230 or one. And I'd done hot yoga that morning, had been up pretty early and was feeling a little groggy. And I, I don't generally drink energy drinks, but um, there was a quick trip right in front of his office. <laughs> so I like shotgunned an eight ounce Red Bull as I was walking into this meeting with the sports psychologist, not not really knowing what I was getting <laughs> just, myself just, into. Just spracked, like, hey man, what's up? What's up, man? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I want to be alert and attentive, um, giving my attention. So yeah, smashed it on the way in. So we get in there and him and I start chatting and have a great conversation. Um, but he's explaining some of these tools they use to measure the, the sports psychology side of when they work with their athletes. And he's like, do you want to try it out? And I was like, all right, sure. Uh, so we go back in his little, um, office back there where he has some of these assessment tools. And next thing I know, he's putting this thing on my ear that helps measure your heart rate. And the way they use it is generally to 
to do what they call dropping into your performance zone as an athlete. Um, so I think the goal from what I understood when he was explaining it to me was ideally, you know, you hear a lot of sports psychologists or even performance coaches talk about flow state or dropping into a zone. Um, so I think they, they said they want your heart rate to be in the low fifties when you're ideally in this performance state, which means your mind's clear, you know, your heart's in a good pace. Um, you're essentially ready to perform. So I didn't know any of this when he puts this thing on my ear. He just is like, all right, there's going to be a candle that will appear on your computer monitor. You're going to stare at the candle and breathe until the candle goes out. And that's all he tells me. So I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't know really what I'm supposed to do. So he puts this thing on my ear. I start staring at this candle and the candle slowly starts to go down. And then when the candle goes out, you're done. So I just essentially start doing my meditation breathing, right? So taking like two to three second inhales two to three second exhales through the mouth, just trying to essentially be as chill as I can be using my, my meditation and my breathing practice. So it's going down, going down, and about a minute and 23 in, the candle goes out. And so that was my time, a minute and 23 seconds. So I look back at the sports psychologist. I was like, all right, I, I think I'm done, Jeff. And, um, and so he like looks over my shoulder. He's sitting behind me. And he's like, a minute and 23. He's like, uh, it's pretty good. I was like, all right. He's like, the first time I did it, it, it took me 13. And I said, seconds? And he said, no, 13 minutes. And he said, and this this was the cool part of the story, with all these pro athletes he's worked with over the years, literally decades, um, he said that was the fastest time he'd ever seen and the second fastest time he'd ever even heard of. He said he, he worked with a PGA golfer that was the most, um, like, mentally and emotionally stable athlete he had ever coached and he said that he could pretty much do it on command but even his time was a minute and 13 seconds so he said it was the second fastest time he had ever seen or heard of Man. and then uh i met with his entire staff about a week later and he told them all my time he hadn't told them before until we were all sitting there together and they all just started busting up laughing and again it i almost felt like i was the joke but they were laughing because it was such an impressive time that none of them had seen one that fast. And, um, and I circled all back to, you know, the meditation practice, the mindfulness breathing, all those things. Um, it's good to start to see some, some tangible physical and, and then even analytical data that, that shows that the practice is, is really making a difference, especially in my life, especially on a physical level. So try to explain to me just a little more for some clarification on what you think that blowing out the candle that metric was it was like dropping into a high performance state you said what do you and that was do you think they had like some sort of measurement on like basically you were in a flow state like yeah it, so from what he explained um and as your listeners may or not be aware most of our heart rates are somewhere from 70 to like 100 beats per minute when we're at rest um and then ideally what they want you to get to is in the low 50s, which means, yeah, you're breathing, your heart rate, all that is in a good, a good space. Um, and so, yeah, what they do is they, they hook this thing up to your ear that, that starts to measure your heart rate. And then I think they're looking for the difference in what your initial heart rate was and then how quickly you can get it down to whatever this target heart rate zone is, which, again, is based off of their data, their measurements is where you want to be for your optimal performance, at least when you're starting out. Man, that's incredible. And it's so cool. I know you and I know you well, so I know you're not saying this as a means to brag, but like you are really dedicated to your mindfulness and meditation practice. So it's like this is just a really good opportunity to be like, hey guys, there's evidence here. 
you can go check out studies too. And there's obviously tons of data here, but here's the founder of a, a meditation app comes into the sports psychology facility. And it's like almost ironic and comical. Like that, like it makes sense why they're laughing because here's the yeah. guy, he owns a meditation app <laughs> and he gets the best score that they've ever seen. And it's incredible. And it's, it's cool. I'm sure you're talking about this and excited about this because it's, it goes to show like you invest in a mindfulness and meditation practice and whether it's dropping your heart rate or just dropping into the, like you said, flow or the zone, there's proven science there. There's data there. Yeah, that was, that was a, a big part of, of the reward for me was a couple of ways. As I had mentioned, a lot of our users and rightfully so are wanting to start to see some, you know, either tangible or, or ways to measure. And we'll, we'll try and figure out ways to incorporate a similar exercise within the app here in the next few months. Uh, Cause I do think it would be so powerful. And athletes, um, uh, sorry to cut you off, but athletes, okay. I know, cause when I started meditation, I was a very different person. And so I was definitely coming from the, I'm an athlete, I'm an athlete kind of vibe. And I needed to see science before I started it. I needed to see proven studies. I needed to know if I, if I'm going to invest 10 minutes in my morning every day, I want to know for sure, just like eating vegetables is healthy for me and exercising. I know is healthy. I want to know for sure that meditation is going to actually help me. And, right. uh, and I, I think I resonate with athletes that want to know more before they get into it. Like they want to know the proof before they even start. So this is yeah. just a beautiful opportunity to show them that. For sure. And it's, it's always been an, a struggle for me, but now, that I'm starting to understand both sides of the discussion, it's been helpful. I, I I was really hesitant for a long time of integrating something like this into the app because ironically, a big part of mindfulness and meditation is getting past the judgment part of like I'm succeeding or I'm failing. And I didn't want hmm. athletes to have a stressful day or a couple bad days and see, you know, their heart rate go up or them not be able to get in that zone quicker and and then get that judgmental aspect back into their lives. Um, so there's a balance there and that not every day is going to be great. Just like on the court or on the field, you're not always going to be your best. Um, so the same thing happens in our practice and a big part of, of the advancement of the growth that I've seen in it. And then I'm trying to get athletes to understand too, is one, I totally agree. You should be able to see some kind of beneficial, tangible, again, statistical data that helps you understand you're going to get better through the practice. Um, but two, I, I think it's important to also be able to not have that judgment in your life and understand this is going to take time. There's going to be good days, bad days, just like any, any type of training tool, whether it's physical or mental. Um, so yeah. there's a balance there. Um, but yeah, it, it, it certainly, cause I've gone, I mean, I've gone essentially a year without really even trying to measure any type of growth, um, or difference that it's made in my life other than how I feel and to see it be measured like that in such a successful way. Yeah. It was extremely rewarding. Yeah. What a cool affirmation for me. The way I look at it is like, okay, I, I want to know going into it that it's worth my time almost so that I could surrender to the fact that I don't need to measure my own progress. So hastily, I like what you said. Like if you don't label it as a good meditation or a bad meditation, view it as you put in the time you move the needle just a little bit, even if it's just an inch. It's, right. like, it's like you go to the gym because you know, okay, if I go to the gym for a year straight, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be, I'm going to be whatever my goal is. Meditation is yeah. the same way. There's a lot of, you, you can't really call going to the gym and putting in your time a bad gym sesh. There's times that it feels better than others, but just sitting down and getting silent and, and meditating for me, whether it's good or bad, whether my mind's all over the place or still, I'm like, okay, 
Like I move the needle just a little bit. I put in the time and I can trust because I, I looked at the science beforehand that the accumulation of these sessions, good or bad, will result in the thing I'm trying to accomplish, which for me in meditation is just a little more calmness, a little more clarity, a little more space between what happens in my life and how I respond. And for athletes, yeah. that's so, so important. That's sacred pause. Yeah, for sure. And you, you and I, again, talked a little bit off air. I, I think another big um, rewarding aspect of, of the exercise was um, – you talked about being in the gym for a year straight or whether it's with, you know, hoopers or football, volleyball, soccer, whatever your sport is. Even, um, even professionals. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's hard to see your progress and your growth when you're standing in the picture, when you're looking in the mirror every single day. And that, that had become, I felt like I had plateaued a little bit in my meditation practice or that those increments, those, those, that incremental growth, um, wasn't happening as quickly as I wanted, especially as you alluded to again, off air, you see all these gains and you feel this difference when you're first starting out, but then it's, it becomes more challenging just like the physical side does to see that growth. Um, mm -hmm. and so what this really did clarity wise for me was, was show that the practice is working and, and was a great reminder for me that when you're in the picture, you can't always see how far you've come from, you know, whatever the day is today to where you were at a year ago, as opposed to if you're looking in the mirror every single day, it doesn't really feel like you're doing that much. It doesn't feel like you're getting that much better at whatever your skill is physically or mentally. But when you're able to, to have these sort of landmarks in your practice, see where you're at three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, and you can see the incredible amount of growth you've had, you know, how you're responding to difficult emotions or, the physical side of things, having those moments where you can take that sacred pause and not blow up. When you're when you're able to landmark and document the growth over longer periods of times, I think it's amazing how far we've all come in our practice. And we've got to be careful not to lose sight of that because it's so easy to get again in the picture where you're looking at yourself every day and, and be judgmental in that regard. Yeah, it's like I, I'm a visual person, so I think of like a bucket and, and maybe when you first start a habit, whether the gym or meditation you pick up a handful of rocks and you drop it in and you're like, whoa, I got all these rocks in the bucket. I got all these rocks in the bucket. This is awesome. I'm improving. I'm filling up the bucket. But then right. I, as you kind of ease into the habit and it's not so exciting anymore, it's more like a daily drop of one rock, one rock, one rock. And it's like, dang, my bucket's not filling up. And right. But if you're just to like surrender to that and then like you said, look back in six months to a year, uh, you'll be like, oh, okay, now the bucket's filled up. I was just, you know, I was hasty. It's hard to tell the difference between yeah. just one pebble at a time, one one small improvement at a time, but the accumulation of that is pretty impressive. And I've definitely felt that in my life with meditation. But I have a question uh, as you're saying this. It's like for me, meditation, luckily I feel blessed that I, I've integrated it as a part of me now. It's like an identity habit. So I do it every day. Uh, and if I don't do it, I feel like something's off. But there's other habits that I'm still trying to stick with, man, and um, and make them as a part of me as meditation. And it's harder, um, especially when it's really exciting at first, but then it gets less exciting. So what would you give advice to people who are trying to adopt a meditation practice that are in that stage that you said where in the beginning they felt really great benefits, but then after a while, day to day, they're looking in the mirror. What would you tell them when they're like, you know, I'm not really seeing the benefits. I'm not not really feeling it. What would you say to them? Yeah. Again, I think it's, it's balance. Um, as, as we've talked in uh, some of the other podcasts about, you know, I've, 
finished up my yoga teacher training and now I'm, I'm regularly working with, with college and pro teams and athletes mm. on the yoga practice. And a big part of that is, um, is just listening to your body and letting your body be your biggest teacher, be your best teacher. And I, I think the same is true with something like a mindfulness or meditation practice in that, um, I think there's a balance there in, in discipline and that, um, certainly have, you know, have a structure in place, try and sit every single day. Um, but if there's days where you're trying to get 15 minutes or 20 minutes and, and you're not feeling it, or when the session's over, you don't feel like it was successful, you know, quote unquote, um, don't be, don't be judgmental. There's, and one of my mentors talked about it when I was going through the UCLA program, doing my, my year long intensive practice program. She's like, even the highest level meditators, their practice will have ebbs and flows to it. You know, there may be a couple of days where you only get five or 10 minutes in. There may be other days you feel great and get 20, 30 minutes or, you know, I'll even do some retreats where I'll do seven, eight hours in a day. Um, but you, you've got to just listen to your mind, listen to your body. And, and then again, try and not be judgmental. Um, speaking of that, that rock illustration you, you used earlier analogy, I guess, um, is just try and find ways that you can, you know, drop a pebble or two in there every single day. Um, and don't, don't worry about the success, the failure part, just make sure, um, you know, the Spurs, this is probably the best way of saying it. The Spurs, when they were going through their title runs with Tim Duncan and them back in the day, they had a, a saying, they would say, pound the rock. And the theory behind it was, um, imagine like this gigantic boulder where you've got a sledgehammer, well, you're not going to crack it with one hit, with two hits. It may take a thousand hits, um, mm. but you got to pound that rock every single day and, and keep chipping away at it. And I think the same is true with a physical or mental practice like mindfulness and meditation is, you know, find ways to pound that rock every single day and, and get that growth, find ways to, to drop a pebble in the bucket like you talked about earlier and, um, and understand there's going to be ebbs and flows to your practice, but, but don't be judgmental because of that. What I love that you have taught me through these podcasts and just being closer with you is there's more than one way to drop a pebble in the bucket every day too. So yeah. my, my morning practice can ebbs and flow. I can have weeks where I really just like wake up and I can only do like five minutes and really I'm just rushing through it so I can get all in my day. And so I'm like, okay, how else, you know, to stick with this metaphor, uh, how else can I drop a pebble in the bucket? And yeah. and I would remember our talks and I would, so I would go for a mindful walk and instead of listening yeah. to a podcast or putting headphones in while I walk my dog or whatever, I would just breathe and I would, you know, pay attention to my senses and I would feel my body and I would check in with myself and I would see my thoughts come and I would just try to let them go and I would try to smell shit and I would try to listen. Yeah. Uh, and I, and, 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 I love it. and yeah, so I think I just love these metaphors that we're using because it makes it simpler for me. I don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be so intensive. It can just be, where can I drop in a pebble into my bucket today? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, this is something I've really been doing here lately. Um, so like we've talked about, I've got a three-year-old son and there's some days where I just, when I'm with him, it's really challenging me for me to have like a 20 or 30 minute sit. Mm -hmm. So I'll do exactly what you're talking about where like all, while he's like running around the neighborhood or something, I'll like walk behind him and just notice, yeah, notice the wind, uh, notice the sun, uh, mindfully walk or, um, in, in yoga practice, you know, we usually finish our practice with kind of a 10 minute sit at the end, um, where you do what they call like a corpse pose. 
and um, I'll really be mindful there and, and really soak in that meditation. And if I, you know, I do yoga almost every single day, and if I do yoga, then I might not sit as long that day. Um, so yeah, there's all kinds of ways from eating to showering to walking where you can find find moments to be mindful. Um, and something else that I've been practicing lately, man, is is if you're mindful when you're walking, when you're doing things in your daily life, just notice how emotional, how frustrated people are that you interact with, like in passing every day. Like, just pay attention to their facial expressions, oh, like how frustrated they are, how mm. bothered they are, how anxious they are, and and let that be a reminder of you to be mindful every day. Because, man, I've I've started to really be conscious of that. Like, I'll look around and I'll be like, man, everybody is just stressed oh. the f out right now. Yeah, and, uh, everybody's and just off said- their center. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> like, everybody's just like a passenger of life and kind of sounds so funny, but they're just kind of like flowing. They're, they're all over the place. And, and or like, I'll go in like a Chipotle and this dude will like cuss, cuss the Chipotle at work or out because they put like, you know, three pieces, too few steak on their burrito or something. And I'm just like, man, like, man. and there, there's interactions like that every single day where, yeah, like I use those as reminders now to like do a, just like a quick momentary, mindfulness or meditation practice so there's all kinds of ways that you can set reminders organically in your life yeah um you talked about before this that i want to remind you or tell me about was the uh there's a soccer documentary out um yeah with that athlete and yeah just go ahead and tell me about that before i butcher this story (laughs) (laughs) no so uh yeah hbo just had um a really kind of explosive and, and impactful documentary on Diego Maradona, who's arguably the the greatest soccer player of all time. I mean, Pele, obviously, he usually gets the nod, and then you've got guys like Messi and Ronaldo now that are coming along. But um, so it it's – I think it's rated R, so keep that in mind uh, for your <laughs> listeners out there that watch it uh, knowing that. But um, he was one of the greatest soccer players ever, um, but he got into drugs and all these – bad off the field issues but but the thing that really resonated with me and I get this um, question a lot with athletes is they feel like the only time they can be totally present is on the field and on the court and and I want to remind athletes too that that's another form of, of mindfulness that's another form of meditation and what Maradona was alluding to and that um, when you're on the field and you're totally present you're in that flow state you're unconscious everything around you quiets you know that's that's a form of being mindful that's a form of of meditation and that's what we're all essentially striving to achieve as athletes is be able to enter that flow state that unconscious state of performance to where everything happens so naturally everything happens so organically for you that you are no longer thinking that everything around you just kind of fades away and um you know like that portrait mode where things just kind of fade out into the background and and I thought it was really cool because he had all these things like he was only himself. He was only comfortable. He was only able to be present in his life when he was on the field. Um, and then off the field, it was it was an absolute train wreck. But but I wanted to remind athletes that 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 aspect is is another form of mindfulness of meditation and and um, and to not only remember that, but also enjoy that. And those those flow states, those unconscious moments that you, you have as an athlete um because one, they're incredible, but two, yeah, that's another form of mindfulness and meditation that we all need to take advantage of. And I think it's important that we're talking about it because athletes will feel that, but then when they get off the court or off the field or off or whatever, they have no way of dealing with the other stressors of life. And 
I think for me, not I, I really resonated with this and I wanted to remind you of it because, uh, you know, I turned to meditation after I finished playing basketball at a high level. And right. uh, I think it, a big part of that was I was in an unhappy state after I finished basketball, as so many athletes are. They transition, they transition out of the sport and they're kind of, you know, floating around without the same purpose and discipline as they used to have. Identity, yeah. Identity, and I turned to meditation as something that could ground me again. Like this grounds me almost as if I'm, you know, playing a sport. And I think if athletes are to maybe recognize earlier that what you're doing on the court and when, what you're doing performance-wise is literally what we're striving to do outside of the court too. So it's yeah. it doesn't have to be like you're doing anything that's so foreign to you. It's almost more intuitive than you think. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if they could just translate that and and realize that, yeah, that flow state and that, that state of no thinking is all we're going for. And you're already tapping into that so often. So let's just make sure you kind of know how to use that and hone that in the rest of your in the rest of your life. Yeah, a couple important follow ups to some great points you just made and that I think it's important to understand that um, there's a couple periods of transition in your life. So like high school to college is a common one um, mm -hmm. where you're essentially, again, establishing another identity, a, a different version of you yeah. college to pros, if you're lucky enough to do it. Um, but another big one is, is either high school or college to um, kind of exiting from competitive, actual athletics. Um, where again, that, that gets back to your point of, yeah, you're transitioning from what a lot of people think is their identity. Um, you know, and I'm even, I've, I've been working with this volleyball team in particular where a couple of the girls shared that um, part of what was really frustrating for them this season was um, they felt like when they were on the volleyball court, that was who they really were. That was like the best version of themselves and they had lost that confidence in themselves. Um, so that was, that was frustrating for them. But, but I think that that lesson ties into what you and I are saying here, which um, a big reason of why mindfulness and meditation can be so impactful for people is helping them take a piece of that, how they feel on the court, on the field, and then, yeah, transition that into their life or when they're getting out of competitive athletics and into whether it's rec sports or um, just everyday existence, they can, it may be a small piece at first, but they can take what they're learning from this practice and how that feels and then start to transition that into their daily life. And yeah, I think that's really powerful. And then I want you to remind me one more time for all my athletes listening, because I know a lot of my, most of my audience is athletes. I mean, not only are they already kind of in this mindful flow state when they're playing, but adopt a mindfulness practice outside of it too, while you're still playing. And, there, and there's so many benefits. Um, what are, what are some of those, those quick hitter benefits that people can be reminded of? I know people have heard them a lot. I've heard them a lot, but every time I hear someone talk about them, I'm more fired up to just take this more serious. Yeah. Well, I mean, as the studies continue to, to pour in and, um, you'll appreciate this one. There's a, there's a, a show on Netflix right now that talks about the mind and I, the name's eluding me. Um, I'll post it on social media or something if I think of it later, but, um, they essentially explore all these different areas of the mind. And um, one of them they talk about is mindfulness and, and meditation. And um, and so one of the ladies they interviewed is like a genius. And she they asked her what the most common thread she had found in all the other geniuses she did these comp, you know genius competitions with. And she said, ironically, that the, the biggest one she found that was the common denominator in all her friends of like the smartest people in the world was she said almost all of them do some form of mindfulness and meditation. Mm -hmm. um, Wow. But it, in answer to your question, so yeah, studies are starting to prove that 
It improves memory, um, your ability to retain information, which obviously for an athlete or for a student, that's going to be important. You'll remember information as far as reading more accurately for longer periods of time um, on the court, on the field. You'll remember plays and sets for longer periods of time. Uh, they even did a study in Europe where it was proven that it improved reaction times and the accuracy of those reactions. So obviously improved reaction times is good, but if your reaction's wrong or you're reacting to the wrong thing, mm. that wouldn't be as effective, but it actually not only improves your reaction time, but it improves the accuracy of those reactions. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, you get into the other effects that are more easily recognizable, like it improves your sleep, um, it improves your ability to deal with anxiety and stress. Um, people become less reactionary. So that kind of sacred pause that you alluded to a little bit earlier where something that may have triggered you in the past that caused you to you know, either bow up or cuss or uh, um, have some negative behavior, you're going to be able to process those emotions better, um, handle the situation with a thoughtful response instead of a, a snap reaction. Um, and then an, an interesting one too that, that they're starting to figure out is it's been it's been proven to improve what's known as EQ or your emotional quotient, which actually is the ability to process people's emotions and even communicate more effectively. Um, so they're still trying to dive a little deeper into that, but it's even been proven now to be able to improve relationships or your ability again with understanding communication and, oh, and yeah. people's emotions that better. Go, that uh, goes with like you walking by people in the street, you're just picking up on people's energy better than usual. Maybe too. You're like, yeah, it, it yeah, might, great point. It's like you're walking by people and you're noticing, wow, they're way more stressed. I'm not that stressed. Like my mindfulness must be working. But you're also your ability to read them and to gauge where they're at uh, is probably heightened because of your mindfulness practice, too. And for me, that's something I, I associate with hardcore. I feel like I can be in a room with someone and kind of definitely immediately understand their energy and where they're at. And I, I hadn't put that together. That that probably has a great deal to do with my meditation practice. Well, and think about translating that to the athletic world how powerful that would be for a coach or an athlete like Man, if you yeah. as an athlete as a teammate Great you know call. took a couple seconds out and you were like you know what's what's up max what's wrong what's wrong today my man like what what can i help you with yeah. um where you're taking those moments like that you know that yeah that's a great point as far as why it makes sense how it can improve your your eq your emotional quotient is you're you're able to read that energy a little better and then actually care you know, yeah. take, and take then, some moments out. If, and if you want to take it just a whole different route and be weird with it, you could look at your opponent <laughs> and you can look at your opponent. I used to try flip, to like flip it on them. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I used to do some weird shit when I was playing. I would try to <laughs> dissect my opponent and man, if you could see them even just for a second, lose a little confidence, you could exploit yeah. it better, you know, who knows, but, uh, or, Dude, or if they're really flustered, take advantage of the fact that they're exactly. not able to control their emotions. Exactly. Yeah. You can pick up on bait, their energy better. Um, bait, them, bait them into a technical or something. I would Ooh. love to flip this and ask you selfishly some advice, and I hope people um, take, you know, take value out of it too. So my meditation practice has been solid, but I would like to make it better, and I love to check in with you and go back and forth a little bit on these. So uh, right now I'm waking up in the morning without a timer. And before I get out of bed, I'll just kind of sit there and meditate actually before I put my feet on the ground. Um, and then, but I'm still a little bit of half asleep. So I don't know how effective that might be. I'm getting about my day. I'm doing my thing. You know, I do my journaling stuff, you know, when I, whenever I need to. And then um, when I'm walking, I've been more mindful. Um, so mm -hmm. trying to 
balance, you know, add pebbles to the bucket as I walk and as I cook and do things like that. And then before bed, not every night, but I'll sometimes do a quick little meditation again without a timer, but in bed and then, you know, put my head on the pillow. I'm, I'm curious, given that very brief and rushed <laughs> synopsis of what I'm doing, what do yeah. you think would be uh, something that would stretch me to kind of really make uh, my mindfulness practice a little more serious and a little more, um, you know, not something, I don't want to make it sound like I need to press and like try so hard because mm-hmm. I think that's almost counterintuitive. But given that I'm committed to making this a, a big part of my life for the reasons we're talking about, there's so many reasons why this helps us. Um, yeah. what, what would you say would be a good first step or a good first like container that I could try to follow? Yeah, I think, um, so let me, let me answer that question in essentially like two ways. Yeah, so sure. I would, I would consider you for the general population, especially of your listeners right now, I would, I would actually consider you pretty well advanced. I mean, you're, you're over the course of your day. It sounds like anyway, um, you're already at almost 45 minutes to an hour on the given day mm. worth of practice, which, which is good. I think I appreciate actual, you saying that cause I maybe don't give myself enough credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, think about that. Like if, if you're piecing all these things together, you're probably getting close to an hour worth of meditation a day. Um, which to me, I think that's, that's a pretty good that's, amount. That's like, the goal. Yeah. 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 Um, and whether it's like I mentioned earlier, whether it's like a 30 minute sit and then a couple you know, five minutes throughout the day or maybe 10 minutes at the end of yoga and another 15 at night. Um, I think an hour is a pretty good number. Um, but, but let me circle back to the beginners, right? So most of your listeners, most of, of our users, um, understand that at the very beginning, like it's going to just be two to three minutes in a day, like right before you practice, right after you practice to come back down. Um, when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, like just pick one, one period where you're going to just take two to three minutes and start your practice. Um, and then like within our app, as you get more advanced, you can find some of our sessions that, that go from five to 10 minutes and start to stretch yourself a little because you're right. It is like, um, you know, you always use the example, you're like doing bicep curls for your brain. Um, you're strengthening your brain and it, it takes time. You're not going to be able to flip that switch. The first time you go from two to three minutes trying to sit for 10 minutes at that five minute mark, your mind will start to go crazy. You'll have all these thoughts. You'll be staring at the timer. Like you'll be wondering when it's going to go off, uh, just wanting it to end. Um, but it takes time and it takes reps to build that up. So start by establishing a time every day, two to three minutes, then stretch it to five, then 10, then 15, then find a, a couple times you can take 15, um, and go from there. Um, so that's what I would recommend for your beginners mm-hmm. circling back to you. Um, so selfishly for you, what I would recommend you do is I don't know if you've done this yet, but I think you're, you're starting to get to the point where you need to, you need to do like a half day or a full day retreat or even take like a, a long weekend. Mm, I've never done that. Yeah. And so on one of those days, like a half day retreat, you're probably going to do three or four hours of meditation what they usually do is like a 30 or 45 minute sit then you take a little break then you do like a 15 20 minute walk take a little break another 45 minute sit and that starts to challenge you in a different way because yeah you've got nowhere to go like you've got to start to look inside and and um you kind of start to have to dig through some of the some of the shit you've got buried up inside um where you're dealing with some of these raw emotions once you once you start to look that Mm. that intensely inside within um some stuff some stuff starts to come up emotion wise and and thought wise where 
it's a little challenging at first. Like it's hard to deal with some of those emotions, but, um, but it's good. You just got to be able to like, again, step back from it and say, all right, why am I feeling this way? Where are these emotions coming from? And honestly, man, that stuff only comes up. So it's just like playing against an opponent that brings out the best in you. Like you're going to get way more out of a team that's either as good or even better than you. Like in any of the best rivalries, it's because the team, the opponent brings out the best in them. Well, the same is true as you advance your practice. Like you're only going to get to that next step um, that you're looking for by really challenging yourself, which is going to be like sitting for an hour, two hours, three hours. Um, the most I've done is like, you know, seven or eight hours in a day. And, and once you get to kind of where you're at, which is like that consistent hour a day mark, you're going to have to find a way where you, again, challenge yourself and, and find that, that rivalry, that opponent that's going to make you go to places you haven't been yet. That's such a wise way to – that's such a good, like, one of the final notes. You know, it's like I just – I have a project I'm working on work-wise right now that's challenging me and making me have all these things come up and me questioning things, but I'm reminding myself, and you just hit it, and I was like, dang, I needed to hear that. <laughs> when things get the most good. difficult, we look at them in the face, and if we can detach thanks to our mindfulness practice and kind of – question the things that come up and be like, why am I feeling that way? And, yeah. and then just realize that in, you know, in growth, we need to have the hurdles so that we can get to the next step. It's like climbing something. It's a cheesy analogy, but the more, you know, the higher you get, the harder it gets, yeah. the more the incline keeps getting tougher. And so if you can get, just kind of breathe and detach from that, that challenge, you get to come out on the other side, just better. Yeah. Well, and Gary Vee, he had a, a post on this the other day too. I think the other thing it does when you keep hitting these challenges is it gives you clarity on either I want to keep doing this or I, I don't like it. Um, mm -hmm. And while I'm not talking about the mindfulness and meditation practice with that piece, I'm saying like if it's a sport, if it's a coach, if it's a relationship, you're either going to break through and you're going to get the clarity that, yeah, like I'm going to find a way to make this work. I like this challenge. I love what I'm doing. Like I love my partner. I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. I'm going to figure out a way to bring out my best or you get the clarity and that, that it's not for you. Like whether it's a relationship, a sport, a school, you know, like I said, a, a coach, um, you're either going to continue to fight and fight and fight and get those breakthroughs from, from going places you've never been before. Or you're going to get the clarity that it's time to move on from whatever it may be. So yeah, that that's only going to come from pushing yourself in ways you've never done before. I love that, man. That's a wise way to wrap up. Um, Quick question, where is meditation and mindfulness within the athletic space right now? Again, people, Ryan is the founder of MindSport, which is an app for athletes. I'm sure you guys have seen me post about it. We've done tons of talks, but. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate, by the way. Man, I love them. How are, How is everything going? Like where, how has this been picking up? The, the momentum seems to be building with MindSport. It's been sick. Um, yeah. I know there's a lot of athletes out there meditating. I would love to hear from you kind of where everything's at with this in the athletic space for someone that doesn't know. Yeah, so two things, kind of a state of the union for us. Um, yeah, we're in over 60 countries now, have over 17,000 users, and that continues to grow every day. And thanks, shout out to, to you and all the people that have been supporting us along the way. Um, we've actually got a new onboarding series that will come out in October of 19, so um, here pretty quick or, or maybe even by the time this gets dropped. So. Starting October, November-ish of 19, um, we'll have a new onboarding series that's incredible. Um, and then the other thing I'm really excited about is we're going to add new content every month after this onboarding series launches. So starting again, October, November of 19, there'll be new content within the app every single month. We're going to have sports-specific, so basketball just for basketball, football for football. 
and we've actually got a series um, coming out too, speaking about some of this transition stuff that um, that users can keep an eye out on. Um, but if I answer your question correctly, where do I think it is in the grand scheme of things? I think on the bell curve, so to speak. So from like early adopters to like common practice, I think it's very much still in the early adopter phase. Uh, I think it's getting more widely discussed and, and even used. Um, but I think it's still um, in that early adopter phase to where it hasn't even reached its tipping point yet. So I think mind sports in a great space. And I think it's a great time if you've never done it before or if you're just a beginner. Um, to not be judgmental about that because you're still ahead of the curve and, and you're still gaining a, a competitive advantage over over your competition by using uh, mindfulness and meditation to improve yourself as an athlete. I love that, man. I think, yeah, if people are listening, if you're doing meditation, you're ahead of the curve and me and Ryan can both attest. This isn't a if it will become common practice. It's definitely oh, yeah. a, it's a definitely a when. Like it's a yeah. – in five years, 10 years, we're going to look back and laugh at the fact that every athlete was not meditating beforehand just because it is so damn important to yeah. be performing at your best in any capacity to have yeah. some sort of mindfulness, meditation, stillness practice. Uh, I think we did a good job of encapsulating a lot of important things, man. I love having these conversations with you. Uh, we're both super passionate about you know helping create a new type of athlete. Um, yeah, for sure. I appreciate you hopping on the podcast, man. I'm excited to do it again, which I know we will. Uh, thanks for having me as always. And I think uh, real quick on that last point, I think you're exactly right. What I, what I think will happen is in the early 90s, even with like MJ and those guys, um, if you'll remember at that time, well, that's a little before your time, but um, people still didn't think that you should lift weights, like especially on game days. And not even every athlete was lifting at that point because they thought lifting would like mess up your shot or make you tight, not flexible. So you can be a good athlete. And now, like you said, you know, 20, 30 years later, we laugh at that data, right? We laugh at that line of thinking and you're exactly right, man. The same thing's going to be said about mindfulness, meditation, and even just overall athlete mental well-being. We'll look back in hopefully 10 years, but, but it may be 20 and we'll, we'll shake our head at what we were doing and why the fact that this wasn't at the forefront of like everything, including the physical side that that this side's actually as important if not more important than any of that so yeah i love it i love it man tying a bow on it tie a bow on it we're out of here appreciate you man all right see thanks for listening people i would love to hear from you guys i would love to hear how you guys are liking the podcast there has been a lot of transitions i recognize that my instagram name has changed my podcast name has changed there's a lot of moving parts i would love to see how you guys are feeling about everything how you guys are still liking the content the content hasn't really changed it's just the name but i would love to hear from you guys hit me up on instagram send me an email you can send me you find my email on instagram uh, leave a review leave questions whatever you got for me i would love to hear from you guys i've really appreciated all the support on the podcast so far we have a lot of good episodes coming out a lot of new awesome conversations to be shared with you guys i appreciate you guys love you guys peace